You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Well, greetings once again from Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com. It is Friday, May 25th. We sit on the verge of a three-day U.S. market holiday. But before we get to that point, we're going to talk to Eric Sprott himself and uh, get a look at uh, this week and look ahead to next week. Eric, good morning. Hey, Craig, good morning. Uh, many, many things going on in the world of finance, so uh, lots to chat about. We need a three-day vacation, don't we? Gosh, this has been some kind of week. Uh, it will be a three-day weekend here in the U.S., and for U.S. clients who are celebrating that three-day weekend of Memorial Day, Sprott Money has a special offer just for you. We're offering the RCM one-ounce gold bar for just twenty-five ninety-nine over spot. That's a pretty darn good deal. Limited quantities only. So take advantage of the special Memorial Day promotion by visiting SprottMoney.com. Or you can call 888-861-0775. No time like the present to add some gold to your stack. It's been a great week. Uh, as we speak, it's about 1305 up $15 on the week after everybody thought it was going straight down last week. And silver's up about 32 33 cents. Not a bad week, Eric. It's been good. Uh, it's a, a little surprising that it's been up as much as it was. But, of course... You know, the Fed came out with a somewhat dovish comment, and I think that got re- things reversed a little. And then along comes the North Korean news, you know, we're not going to have a meeting. And I think that's really what put a bit of a jolt into it. Uh, but the week has been, uh, I would just say, from a, a normal uh, understanding of economics and financial situation, rather chaotic, to say the least. And uh, when I look at the week, uh, you sort of well, what is the trade deal with China? We came into Monday, and I think they said, what are, we're going to put it on hold. We're putting it on hold. And you're like, well, what the hang does that mean, okay? Yeah. And, of course, the reality was they weren't going ahead with the tariffs. That's what putting it on hold was. And then, of course, as the week unfolded, we realized it looks to me, it just looks to me like the Chinese have put down a marker and uh, and, and the U.S., trade negotiators have kind of put it on hold here that that's my sense of it okay and it's kind of coming out as we go along and in fact i think i read something this morning that you know or yesterday trump said it's going to be hard to get a deal and and then i'm reading articles that sort of well the chinese are pushing back hard and then the whole north korea thing you know we're going to have this meeting on june 12th and we're not going to have it and like it's it must be pretty confusing for the average uh, viewer to try to figure out what's, what's going on here. And uh, sometimes I suspect that we're only told half of the information. Yeah. And we're told in a very biased way, like it's on hold. I think the Dow rallied 300 points that day because it was on hold, e- even though we probably didn't really understand what on hold meant, which meant uh, we're not making any progress, guys. Okay, now that slowly but surely came out. So uh, lots of crazy things happening, which will talk about particularly yeah. we should probably talk about europe well that's right and you know you wonder how much uh of this is fed how much is safe haven i mean you talk about the chaotic markets that two days ago the u.s 10-year note was yielding 3.1 percent and now here this morning it's 2.95 percent everybody expecting higher interest rates is uh sure being baffled by that one too eric yeah, and there's some comments. I read an article this morning about uh, basically the 30-year bond and 10-year bond calling the bluff of the Fed that, you know, basically the info, uh, economic info is not strong. We had uh, durable goods were weak, just reported this morning. We had existing home sales were down. Uh, new home sales were down. 
I gotta believe auto sales are weakening with rates going up the way they are. Uh, the oil price is up. It looks like inflation's up. The Fed has sort of basically said, well, you know, we might have to put up with higher than two percent inflation. Well, you know, if your your GDP is growing at two and your inflation's two and a half, so and I've always believed that that Middle America, my God, between the energy prices, uh, healthcare costs. Uh, the lack of uh, wage growth, they're just, they're up against it here. And that's why we're not going to see any strength in these economic numbers. And I think the Fed's kind of believing, I suspect that the, the ECB's kind of going there too, you know, where they, the, the recent data out of um, the ECB has things weakening off there. The PMIs were weak. Uh, we're seeing, of course, chaos in Italy. Yep. We see chaos in Turkey. Uh, there's fear of this spilling in, well, of course, in the banking system. I mean, the whole banking system is built on, you know, borrow short and lend long. Well, now we get interest rates in Turkey at 17%. Man, I sure wouldn't want to be borrowing short and lending long in that market. Uh, And and it it could spill into some of the other ones. We've had the first signs, maybe Portugal showing a little signs of stress and who knows, Spain. Now now we get this uh, political situation in Spain where it looks like three of the parties are are going to vote uh, no confidence against the existing government. So, yeah, there's a lot to worry about if you're uh, if you're an investor in these markets. All of a sudden, we're back to talking about the pigs. Remember that? That was the uh, acronym from four yeah. or five years ago. Yeah. Gosh, it's interesting. Well, you can see it play out too. I, you probably followed Deutsche Bank. It's now making yeah. uh, almost all-time lows, back to where it right. was in 2016. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, and and uh, by the way, this is while the ECB is still buying bonds. Yeah. Imagine what would happen if they were theoretically selling bonds. What kind of chaos would you have? And then now that the uh, now that the uh, the Fed theoretically is selling bonds, we're sort of seeing you know the market the stock market's gone nowhere this year. We should point out, right? It's gone zero. So and a little tippiness here, and uh, you know we could find ourselves in a pretty serious correction. Hey, let's double back to Turkey for a second because I think it makes a great example. We always talk about gold. Yeah, it's a, it's a great investment and something everybody should own. But it, you know, at the end of the day, it's also a wonderful protector of your net worth and your buying power as sound money. And boy, we're seeing that play out in some of these emerging markets. You mentioned Turkey. Their currency has been collapsing. Well, guess what? Gold priced in Turkish lira is now up over 50% in just the last two years. Silver is up about 50% in Turkish lira, too. It sounds like gold's doing its job if you're a Turk. <laughs> well, it is, and, and this has been the case with so many of these countries. You know, whether you're Argentina or Venezuela or Iran, uh, even Canada, for that matter, with their mm-hmm. sort of weak currency here. If you Gold's doing better in all those currencies. You'd hardly even know that. For example, Canada, I think we're like $100 from an all-time high in the gold price, and a little weak, a little more weakness in our currency, a little move up in gold, and it will be at a record high. So, you know, and then people uh, can't be unaware of that sort of thing as you're watching your currency absolutely get uh, crucified. And uh, gold's uh, fighting the trend. I mean, people are going to come in there because these countries that people are more predisposed to owning gold. So that augurs well. Yes, it certainly does. Now, uh, one other potential use of gold is, you know, at some point, maybe reintroduced to the global monetary system. We're seeing Russia continue to accumulate gold. We just got their numbers this week for April. They add, I mean, it's like 
regular as the rain in the summertime, it seems. They, they just keep adding about 600,000 ounces every month, another 18.7 metric tons in April. They're now the number five largest holder in the world. And, and Eric, check this out. Russia now has in their foreign currency reserves about $96 billion of U.S. treasuries, but they now have about $81 billion worth of gold. That's a pretty interesting trend. Well, there's no question. Uh, I mean, they're basically being uh, forced out of the the uh, the Western uh, financial markets, mm-hmm. and I guess they're just embracing it. And they're obviously going to go to other currencies. They're now trying to get the euro uh, to trade against the ruble rather than the dollar. They've said they're not going to trade the dollar anymore. Uh, so it, it looks like we're going there. I read an interesting article about... Uh, how the LME is starting to trade gold in uh, uh, Chinese yuan, yep. and uh, that it's been a very successful contract, as has the uh, crude oil contract traded in uh, Chinese currency. And uh, it just looks like there's enough um, initiative in the world to move away from the U.S. currency that uh, we'll see uh, continuing improvement in the use of currencies other than the U.S. dollar. So that's... Uh, that's that's uh, uh, helping out, and 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 would uh, of course have a big impact on uh, precious metals going forward if the U.S. dollar wasn't the dominant currency. Doesn't that seem like a situation where all the signs are there? You can see this foundation or the you know the the start of an uh, alternative system being built, but you almost have to have your head in the sand to not recognize it. I mean, everybody will be able to look back years from now and go, gosh, how do we not see that coming? Well, it's funny how there's a lot of things happen that take a long time to play out. I mean, yeah. look, at we could go back to the Internet, okay? I mean, yeah. Google and Apple and things like that. I mean, these all started 20 years ago. And look where they are today, my God. Uh, and it's it's like electric vehicles probably going to be in 15 years, you know. They're doing, well, what's, what's a gasoline engine, you know? <laughs> anyway. Yeah, these things uh, take a while, but they've had their start, and uh, it looks like we're going to see things uh, continue to go that way. I I probably should mention one other thing. You know, we have the June expiry of the commitment of traders, uh, and there's still a lot of contracts expires on, I think, Tuesday next week, and of course there's no trading on Monday. There's a lot of contracts outstanding. I mean, I just – I mean, they – they probably have, I don't know what it is in tons, I think it's probably like 10 times the number of tons they have sitting at the, that's eligible for delivery, uh, could all expire. Now, they won't for sure, but like it's a big number here. If it's anything like it was last year, we're going to have more, more gold nominated than uh, is literally available for delivery right now. So uh, that's uh, worth watching too. And I think, I think, as you pointed out, silver reacting better than gold because it's the big June gold contract that's expiring. Not the silver contract. So silver's allowed to to move up a little more than gold here. So it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. Hey, just one last question, Eric. Uh, We'd like to talk about uh, some of the gold mining stocks every week. And uh, this week has been interesting, especially for those Australian uh, Pilbara region uh, equities. That Nova Resources has moved up really nicely from the lows a few months back. Uh, What do you make of, of the changes there? Sure. Well, uh, first of all, I'm a director of Novo, and I'm, this is not investment advice, uh, but when you read what various companies are accomplishing and or what's going on in the Pilbara, uh, there's a couple of noteworthy things. A company called DGO took a 10% position in the gray mining. 
a company called Tacton, which is listed here in uh, Toronto, has done a couple of deals with some of the smaller landowners in the area, and the Pacton stock has been very interesting. I'm, a, I'm actually an owner of that as well. The whole theory of maybe that this is gaining more and more credibility. So, and of course, if it's true, the payoff would be substantive. I mean, yeah. it, it literally could be compared to the Wits Waters ran that had a billion, has already mined a billion uh, six hundred thousand, six hundred million ounces of gold. So that's what we're all kind of hoping for here. I mean, there's lots, lots to be proven yet, but uh, it's exciting to watch for sure. Well, hopefully you'll have an exciting weekend, my friend. It has been a very, very interesting week. A lot of things taking place that, oh, you know, we really couldn't foresee a week ago. Sure makes you wonder where we'll be by next Friday. And lastly, before we go, you know, we had a little special for American listeners. we got to do something for our Canadian friends as well. Uh, Sprott Money's got something for you, too. They are offering the commemorative Silver Voyager corn. Corn? Coin! Dedicated to the 150th anniversary of the Canadian Confederation for... Just $2.99 per ounce over spot. Canadian listeners, please call 888-861-0775 or visit SprottMoney.com for more info. And, of course, limited quantities are available. So take advantage of that this weekend. Take advantage of some rest this weekend. Maybe have a, uh, a beer and a cheeseburger, Eric, and then we'll talk again next Friday. I will very much look forward to it. It could be an exciting week. And from all of us here at Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.